When I started the happy hour with Jamie Ivy, I thought maybe this would be a fun hobby. And it was at first, a place to connect with my friends, to talk about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Over the past six years of being a successful podcast host, I am still so very humbled and honored that listeners just like you choose to invite me and my guests into your car, your home, your workouts, whatever you're doing. The Happy Hour is a show dedicated to conversations about big things and little things and all of the nuances in between. We have a lot of fun over the happy hour and I don't want you to miss out. Check your podcast player for the happy hour and subscribe so you will never miss an episode. We have new episodes that release every Wednesday and Friday. Guests like Lisa Turkhurst, Jackie Hill Perry, Christine Kane, Colt McCoy, Beth Moore, Bob Goff, Derek Miner, and hundreds more have joined me on the happy hour. Check out more details on the podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey at jamieivy.com. If I don't allow those words to really sink in and grab hold of me, even before I get to work, I mean, I will hit the ground running 100 miles an hour and not stop, you know, till the end of the day. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad. And the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God. And everyone else. From Love That Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. 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 To the Enneacast. Welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram, and this season is all about the Enneagram at work, and we are making our way through the heart triad. And today, we come to type three, commonly known as the achiever. We're going to be taking a look at some of the ways that threes relate and operate in a work setting and how threes can bring their true self to the workplace. And we're also going to have some tips for how to get along with a type three coworker. So if you have a coworker who's a three, Make sure you stick around for those. All right, Lindsay, where do we start? We're going to be looking at the threes at work using the five truths about work that we looked at in episode 46. So just as a reminder, those five things are work starts with God, work is good, work serves a greater purpose, work is not the way it should be, and work is redeemed through the gospel. Okay, so in light of all that, let's dive into type three, the achiever at work. Okay, so the first truth in talking about work is that number one, work starts with God. And here's what that means. All the types reflect a certain aspect of God's character. And threes, you guys reflect God's hope and God's radiance. Naturally, when you come into a workplace, you bring possibility and you bring forward thinking. Mm -hmm. You bring the fact that the notion that better days are ahead and if we work together we can get there um and so there's a real sense of of hope and radiance and beauty that you guys bring into the workplace Mm -hmm. and this reflection is part of what we call our true self and it can show up in a lot of different ways yeah the true self naturally leads us to truth number two which is that work is good god created work as a good thing and he also created threes as a good thing who are complete and whole in their true self So when threes are healthy, they reflect this goodness at work. So let's talk about some of the good things threes bring to the workplace. 
like that they are naturally goal-oriented, hardworking, and productive. Yeah. These people have a lot of energy and a lot of goals, so they get stuff done. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, also, like, their communication, it's concise, it's efficient, it's succinct. Like, threes are excellent communicators, and they figure out the best language possible to communicate with their audience, and they don't like wasting time with their language. Yes, they are not going to waste time in general. They want to find the fastest way to get from A to C, and if that means bypassing B, great, go <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. And all of us ones are like, no, we, B, where's B? We uh-huh. got to do B. They also know how to read an audience. So they're in the heart triad and they use all those feelings to read the room. Mm-hmm. They make great marketers because they can really see what an audience needs, what they want, and they can give it to them. Yeah, they kind of see how people tick. Yeah. There's just a sense of like, what does this audience desire? What is it mm-hmm. they want? What are the struggles they're having in life? Like, threes just kind of naturally read those things. You know, another thing, too, is that threes inspire other people by their example. Mm -hmm. Threes achieve more goals than probably any of the other Enneagram Mm -hmm. types because they set more goals. They also probably don't meet as many goals because they literally set so many. Like Mm -hmm. threes are just naturally efficient go-getter types. And so they bring that into the workplace like, all right, let's put some form around this, some structure around this. And so what happens is that the folks that are around them at their workplace look to them and go like, oh, that's what it means to really bring something valuable to this company. Like that person goes out and gets it done and I want to follow that person into battle. Yeah, I think the inspiration can also come from, like we just talked about, how they read an audience. They can read their coworkers and then inspire them to action. Mm -hmm. You know, like you could do this. You should do this. You Mm -hmm. could go forth. And then people who maybe are less go-getters, they feel inspired. Yeah, for sure. That person who's super successful believes in me, I can go forth and accomplish great things. So work starts with God. Work is good. Let's move on to number three, which is that work serves a greater purpose. And that purpose is relationships. All of life is relational. So even if you want to use your workplace as a mission field, you have to start with building relationships. Yeah. You know, a common relationship we often see in the workplace is that of a supervisor and a supervisee. So let's just think about that for a second, about how a three might relate to that relational dynamic. Often threes, you guys prefer being the supervisor. You guys are just natural leaders. When you come into a room, you just have foresight and you understand these are the goals. How are we going to put a plan in place? How are we going to put the team together Mm -hmm. to get it? Like, there's just a natural leadership quality that threes possess. Yeah, and so much energy. But threes don't have to be the leader. When they are the one being supervised, they're really good at getting behind and supporting the people in leadership as long as there is a clear vision. So they want that goal, whether they're the supervisor or the supervisee. Mm -hmm. They need to know what the goal is, and then they will run after it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't expect a three to follow you blindly. Yeah. Okay, so the first three truths are, number one, work starts with God. Number two, work is good. And number three, work serves a greater purpose. And all of these truths have really shown us that threes bring so many good qualities to the work environment. Yes, but anybody who's breathing knows that work is not always good. It Mm -hmm. is not always ideal. And that actually brings us to truth number four, which is that work is not the way that it should be. You 
know, because of sin, because of brokenness, everything, including our work, is broken in some way. It affects us. And for threes, that means that not only do they bring their true self to work, but they get, you know, like take your kid to work day. They bring <laughs> their false self along with them. And a lot of the false self for the three comes out in the form of their deadly sin, which is deceit, or their idol, which is being successful. So first, you know, they can adapt however necessary in order to achieve success. Probably, arguably, they're the most adaptable of mm-hmm. any of the personalities on the Enneagram, but it can go to an extreme where it's a problem, right. where they're wearing so many masks that it's hard to know which one is the real them. They may not even know. What they know is I'm fulfilling the role that I'm stepping in right now. Mm-hmm. There are times where they'll put on a mask, they will get it done but there's a level of self-deceit and other deceit, you know, in the process. Right. So we don't think of deceit as in they're big fat liars. It's yeah. that they are deceived about their value and their true self. Yeah. And about the value of others and other people's true selves. So also they tend to not want to slow down. They are running after those goals. And so I always picture them as like this really suave sports car, you know, and they are going down the road as fast as they can. And if you want to jump in the car with them, they are happy for you to come along. But if you want to stand in the middle of the road, they are just going to swerve around you and keep going. Mm -hmm. They're not going to stop. They Mm -hmm. don't want to hear your questions or your you know, concerns or devil advocate. And if they're really unhealthy, they may not even swerve around you. Yes. And so they can leave people in their dust, but they can also make mistakes or overwork, you know, and not have their life in balance whenever they are just unwilling to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Another issue is that they can sometimes just not take time for people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of interesting, right? Because threes are in this relational triad, Mm -hmm. but they fall asleep to their emotions. They can be very relationally oriented, but they can see those relationships as a means to an end Mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, wait, the relationship is actually the end goal. And so as a result, like... You know, there are times where threes really can become impatient if you take too long. You know, if they think their time is being wasted and they can give off the air that like, I just have better things to do than sit here and, you know, try to connect with you or waste my time with you. Mm -hmm. So I tend to think of unhealthy threes as personable, but not personal. Mm -hmm. They can work a room. They can be for you, whoever you need them to be. But then no one actually gets to know the real them. Yeah. Charming, but not vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. So finally... Sometimes threes can shut down when success isn't possible. So they're going to retreat. They're going to struggle with shame and identity and knowing who they even are if they can't accomplish their goals. Yeah, because they identify so much with success when Mm -hmm. they're not in a healthy place. So if success is being threatened, you're threatening their identity. Yeah. And so they're going to, you know, they're just going to peace out. They're just, they're done. And, you know, another way that we see this false self manifest at work is through our stress era. Work can be very stressful. And when a three gets stressed, they actually move into the nine space. So, Lindsay, what's that look like? So just like we said, if you're shutting down, a lot of times that's when the three is going to the nine. Mm -hmm. They are going into kind of an unhealthy side of nine where they are going to go into sloth, They're going to narcotize, Mm -hmm. which is where they're going to soothe their feelings and their ego with Netflix or ice cream, you know, in the best case scenarios Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just forget about work. Or they might even become obsessed with busy work, little tiny tasks that make them feel like they're accomplishing something. But really, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. But like all the numbers, they can use that stress arrow to find healthy tools And what a three needs is a chance to relax. 
Mm-hmm. They need to slow down sometimes for their own physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. And so whenever they see themselves wanting to shut down or, you know, turning to mindless tasks, that can be a red flag that tells them, hey, I need to slow down. I need to rest. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to enjoy a movie with my friends and family and get to a healthier place to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. If you want to know more about stress and how to handle it, well, go back and listen to episode number 42, which is all about the Enneagram and stress. So far, we have seen that work starts with God. Work is good and it serves a greater purpose, but it's not the way it's supposed to be. So the question is, how do we get back to the original design that God created? Okay. The answer is in the fifth and final truth, which is that work is redeemed through the gospel. You know, each type has a particular message that God speaks to them. It's a message of both forgiveness and healing. And we talked about this at length in season three, but the message that God speaks to the three is this, you are loved for yourself. Right. Isaiah 43, one and two says, I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. So we see God knowing people as their true self. Yeah. So being loved for who you are and not what you do. Yeah. And when threes learn to hear and accept this message in their work, it frees them to grow into their virtue and step back into their true self in Christ. Yeah. You know, a lot of Enneagram teachers teach that the virtue is like the big goal in life. Like Mm -hmm. be virtuous, pursue the virtues, and that's going to change who you are. But as Christians, we actually believe that it's our encounter with Jesus, Mm -hmm. his person, and his message for us is what transforms us. And out of that, we become disciples that leads us into a virtuous life. Mm -hmm. And the virtue is simply just the outward fruit of that inward change. And the virtue for the three, what they begin to display is truthfulness. So the question is, how does the three lean into their virtue at work? And that leads us into our final segment of the teaching, which is tips for types. So here are four tips for type threes at work. And number one is lean into that growth arrow, which is six. When you lean into six, you become more community oriented. You're more concerned about the team's success and you're very loyal. And we see that in three. So that's just going to bring out the way you empower others. You lift them up and you become a little more personal instead of just personable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the six quality, I mean, if you meet a six, they're straight up about their stuff in life. They mm-hmm. don't like deceit. That's one of their big things is they want to trust people. So they're yeah. going to be very, very honest. And so when a three leans into that six arrow, they're going to get very honest with uh, with the people in their life. Tip number two, schedule in times to hear from others. You guys have really big ambitions, really big dreams, but you do need to hear from other people because you're not the only one with mm-hmm. ideas, the only one with dreams. Um, so make sure that you're setting up some rhythm in your workplace by which other people can bring their ideas to you and you really listen to them and you get behind them. Make it a culture where the best ideas rise to the surface. Yeah, you have to really slow down and yeah. come into that time with an open mind to listen. Mm-hmm. That's key. And number three, 
Practice getting to know your coworkers. That's going to be that personal piece. Mm-hmm. Hear about their kids. Look at the pictures of their puppies. You know, find out what they're eating for lunch. And just create that amiable atmosphere mm-hmm. because that's going to make everybody better at their jobs. You know, you could even put it on your calendar. Schedule a time, 15 minutes a day, to literally waste time with your coworkers. Yes. Like, I'm going to go walk around and I'm literally giving my time away to my coworkers. Yeah, your goal. Yeah, that's your goal. Your goal is to be with your coworkers and you can accomplish that goal. We believe in you. Finally, tip number four is incorporate rest into your routine. Honestly, schedule it. Mm-hmm. Schedule ahead of time moments of rest. Maybe you have some big goals today. Set three goals. And when you get done with each one, set a little reward for yourself. And mm-hmm. let that reward literally be, I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. Make sure you're using that vacation time. Make yeah. sure that you're using you know, your weekends to where you're not always just doing. We don't want you to get to the end of life and just wish you had invested more time Mm -hmm. into your relationships with others, but also your relationship with yourself. Yeah, and we're talking all about work, but also for the threes, if you're taking that vacation time, don't multitask. Don't bring your work on vacation. Really be there for your other people in your life as well. Yeah, yeah. turn those notifications off. Yeah. Okay, so those are tips for the type three, but relationships go both ways. So if you're not a three, but if you have a type three coworker, here are four tips to help you relate to the threes at work. Number one, remember that they can get irritable when faced with details or feelings. So remember to keep your questions and comments efficient when you're in the workplace. Yeah. I would even suggest, you know, you may want to just start with the bottom line Mm. and then fill in the details as needed. Because a lot of time the three instinct is so strong. If you tell them the bottom line and just a few details, they can know and then they'll kind of relax. But if you come in and you're like, Here's this really, really lengthy Mm -hmm. explanation, and the three doesn't know where it's going. That's going to be a challenging conversation. Yeah. Tip number two, don't bring up past mistakes or focus on negatives. Don't drag the threes on your staff through the mud. It's not going to go well. Don't just sit there and tell them all the ways that they messed up in the past. You know, obviously, you don't want that three to live in delusion. But at the same time, bringing those things up, especially publicly Mm -hmm. and especially in front of coworkers and people that they respect or that they want their respect, that's going to be tough. So again, just be sensitive about how you bring up past errors. Don't hang them out publicly. Right. And if there's no point, if you can't fix what's already been done, there's no point to bring it up. Yeah. Let them move forward. Yeah. Give them whatever feedback they need. Move on. So number three, balance taking an interest in how they feel with leaving them alone and letting them work, especially if you're a more relational type. Be aware that that's just not what everybody wants. So a three might not want to talk about their kids. They might not want to show you pictures of their puppy. And you can balance that, your need for relationship and their need to get work done when they're at work. Yeah, yeah. Trust that hopefully if that three is healthy, they've got an inner circle of friends that Mm -hmm. they're, you know, sharing a bunch of their life with. And they may just really see work as work Mm -hmm. and they may not go quite as personal. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Finally, tip number four, if you want their attention, schedule it on their calendar. Type threes don't love walk-ins. Type threes really prefer when do you want to meet and what is the agenda? So don't like text the type three and just go, hey, can we meet sometime next week? I really need to talk. Yeah, don't don't (laughs) do that. First off, don't do that in life. Uh, That's terrible. But yeah, if you want their attention, schedule it and get it on their calendar because they probably do want to meet with you, especially if it's an important topic, but give them a heads up on what that topic is. Okay, so this is our overview of type threes at work. Stay with us because when we come back, We'll be talking with Milligan University's Director of Ministry Leadership, Ron Castens. 
about being a type three at work. Stay with us. Hey, it's Anna, the media editor. Recently, I've been taking some time to talk with the parents and guardians of some of our alumni about how serving with Love Thy Neighborhood has impacted the life of their child. Hi, this is Steve Lindsay from Leola, Pennsylvania, and my son Taylor served with Love Thy Neighborhood in 2018. That was a year that was life-changing, and one in which we saw him grow in his faith, his self-awareness, his leadership skills, and in his passion for those in the margins of society. We honestly believe that that year invested in a social justice internship at Love Thy Neighborhood will have not only wide-ranging, but eternal impact. To learn more about our program and internships, head over to our website at lovethyneighborhood.org. Find a place where social action and Christian community meet by checking out lovethyneighborhood.org. Hey, welcome back to the Indiacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Our guest today is Ron Castens. Ron is the director of the Ministry Leadership Program at Milligan University. He previously served as a pastor for 20 years at various churches, and actually one of those churches being right here in Louisville. He's married, has three kids, and Ron is a three on the Enneagram. Welcome to the show, Ron. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Glad to, to be a part. Yeah, we're excited to talk with you. I guess let's start here. Tell us a little bit about your job and Specifically, I want to hear about your work environment, the dynamics. Okay. So I, uh, I do work at Milligan, as you mentioned, and so I'm in higher education, and um, I direct the ministry program here, which means that all the undergraduates at Milligan who are uh, in one of our six ministry majors, uh, they're a part of this program. It's really just helping them prep for the ministry that, that God's called them to uh, on in their future life. So um, I sometimes tell people I get to be a pastor to pastors in training. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Currently, I have I have a supervisor who's on campus, but he's in another building, a different building uh, on campus. So he's not like right there uh, in my office. And also, I have lots of colleagues that I work with across campus in different kinds of ways, other professors and other staff that I have to coordinate the efforts of what I do. So I only have one supervisor. Currently, I'm only supervising two work-study students. And, uh, and yet I have to work alongside, collaborate with, work well with people in different departments and areas, different faculty and, and staff uh, across the whole campus. So that's my current work environment. How do you see your true self show up at work? You know, where do you see your strengths play out uh, on your team? You know, what is it that you believe that you really can bring to the job where you are? Sure. You know, for sure, the, the energy, the drive to get things done, as you mentioned uh, in, in the, the teaching component, um, I love helping to move the ball down the field. I like to think, oh, we've made progress on this today. So if it's something in the program that I lead, or even if it's on a team that I've been asked to be a part of, I feel like I can help move the program forward. I can help the team accomplish what we've been tasked to do. Certainly energy and ideas in the teaching, you talked about being able to to see the positive and almost three sometimes make good salesmen and, and those kinds of things. Uh, I love meeting with prospective students because I can talk about our, our program and what we're doing. And I see the value and the, the, how positive it is and uh, the difference it makes in students' lives. And I love talking about that. I love dreaming and vision casting about that. So all of those things 
I think I bring to the table the energy ideas about strategy, effectiveness, and how to how to accomplish more. I think I can bring all those things, and and threes do bring those things uh, to the table for sure. Absolutely. So you kind of are the supervisor, I guess, of your students, and then you mentioned having a supervisor for yourself. Correct. Do you find it easier to be supervised or to be a supervisor? And could you give us an example of one instance? Sure, sure. Well, I, uh, if I'm going to pick for sure, I'd much rather be the supervisor, the leader. I, I just like leading. I like being out front, directing things. Um, similar to a, a conductor of an orchestra, I like getting lots of different people involved and playing their part and 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 doing their best and working well together. I, I love that aspect of leading. And yet I'm finding, I went from a, a lead pastor role where I supervised up to 15, 16 staff people to now stepping into higher education where, again, I supervise a couple of work-study students, right? And so it's a very different thing. And being supervised is fine, I think, for a three. Most of us are accountable to someone, right? Uh, whether it's mm-hmm. a board or a boss, all of us are accountable to someone. And so being supervised, I think, is fine. But I found for me as a three, if my supervisor is, you know, overly controlling or micromanaging, again, that could be a board or a a one person boss. If they're controlling or micromanaging or if I sense they're regularly holding back the pace of what we're working on, that can be really frustrating, I think, for a three. And so, yeah, I, I don't mind to lead and I'm happy to do that. But I also don't mind a supervisor who is is visionary and is out front setting the pace and and casting a good sense of where we're going down the road uh, hopefully that makes a little bit of sense that makes yeah. to- total sense to me yes yeah, so i'm a four wing three and i'm very similar like i don't mind working under somebody else's leadership when twitter first came out i was working for an organization and it took me six months to convince my boss that the organization needed to have a twitter handle and I was just like, I'm going to die. Like as a three, you know, somebody with a lot of three energy, I'm like, we need to be communicating on the proper channels and you're slowing us down. For sure. And that, that pace is very important to a three. And coming into, uh, again, academic world has been very eye-opening. There's a lot of wonderful things about academic world, but it seems like everything moves extremely slow in academic world. It just, mm-hmm. it just does. Yeah. And I've had to really get used to that. And uh, grateful that I have a boss who, you know, allows me to to lead my program, and he's supportive and allows me the the freedom and to run out ahead and and do what I need to do to lead the program. And I'm very grateful for that uh, that opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So I said that we'd circle back around to some of the false self stuff. Um, so let let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, you know, work can get really hard, really stressful. It doesn't go as it should. Can you talk a little bit about a time that your false self showed up at work and caused failure to happen? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, a uh, question that threes hate to hear, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it, it, there was a, a time when I was lead pastor at a church. We um, we embarked on this uh, initiative. It was a two year initiative, if I remember correctly. And uh, this initiative had several goals that was attached to it. And I can't remember exactly what all of them were, but one of them was like the number of people in small groups and a certain amount of ministry projects that were happening. And we had a couple outreach goals and there was a giving goal as well. And, and it wasn't tied to a particular dollar amount, but tied to 
kind of numbers of people who were growing in their giving, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, we kicked off this initiative and there was, there was a lot of energy behind the, the launch of this thing. And, and I was super excited. We were all super excited. And as the weeks and months went on, I realized that some of our targets, some of our goals were not measurable. <laughs> and, mm. and, you know, rule number one in setting a goal uh, is to make them measurable, right? Yeah. And, um, and there were some that just weren't measurable. And that right there is a failure. <laughs> Boom, right there. But as, as the months went on, it became clear that some of the targets of the initiative we were actually going to hit. And then some of them we were going to miss. And then others of them we would never be able to tell because mm -hmm. they just weren't measurable. And so even though some pieces of the initiative would be successful, overall, it just, to me as a three, just did not have the feeling of success. So as the months went on, I talked about it less and less and less. I mean, mm -hmm. I was still working hard to do my you know day-to-day -day job, but subconsciously, I, I, I think I was just hoping that the initiative name and the goals would just drift away and people would forget about it. Yeah. It just didn't feel like a success to me. And, you know, you think about my connection to the nine, looking back on it, I think I was just checking out. You know, mm -hmm. I was kind of numbing out in terms of the initiative. We were still working hard as a staff to try to make progress on these individual pieces. In terms of pushing the overall initiative, I was pushing it further and further and further into the background. I just think this tendency with, you know, to move to, to nine and stress goes hand in hand with threes, obviously, because when we can't be successful at something, we... We just don't do it. You know, sometimes when we describe nines, we'll talk about that they fall asleep to themselves. Do you feel that as like a seductive power for you? Like when you're stressed out, do you find it to be like a powerful temptation to just sort of fall asleep to who you are? I, I think that I think for the three not to be aware of who they are, I think that's a danger all the time. Right. Because we're we're buying in so much to the image that we have created of success and accomplishment and what have you. So I think to not be aware of who we are is a risk all the time. Is it more when we're stressed? I don't know that I've felt that personally, but I do know I can look back on my life and find times that I have, you know, kind of checked out and numbed out, if you will. And um, whether it's, it's binge watching something on TV or, you know, whatever it may be, I'm just, emotionally, mentally just checked out. So I, I know that that can happen in, uh, in stress. I, I just think the danger for threes is that we lose a sense of who we are. That danger's there all the time, maybe as much in success as it is in stress. Mm, that's, a, that's an interesting observation, yeah. Not only is it when we are afraid of failure, but actually even when we succeed, that same temptation is right in front of us. So the gospel message for threes is you are loved for yourself. So what ways do you see and apply that message at your work? It's a great question. And I think it has to begin even before work. And for me, when, I, when I'm at my healthiest, it's because I'm sitting daily just with the words of, of like Matthew 3, where you know Jesus at his baptism and God says over him, you're my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with you. And for me, I'm at my healthiest when I'm just sitting daily with those words and I hear God speak those words over me. You know, you're my son whom I love and I am just crazy about you. Mm. And, and I just have to quiet my heart and my spirit um, 
Because if I don't allow those words to really um, sink in and grab hold of me in a still quiet way, if that doesn't happen, <laughs> even before I get to work, I mean, I will hit the ground running 100 miles an hour and not stop, you know, till the end of the day. And I lose sight of the fact of, of who I really am as a beloved son. And it's out of that identity that my work should flow. And so for me, I just have to sit with the truth of that and allow that to soak in, to penetrate. And that's not always easy. And I, I don't always, you know, work out of that realization. But for me, that's the goal of um, going to work with that message just resonating in my heart. It has to sink in very, very deep. Mm. Mm, it's beautiful. One last question for you. You know, one of the ways that threes can live into truthfulness is through their growth arrow. So for a three that's going into the six, how do you live into your growth arrow at work? Sure. Yeah, I think it's really important um, for me. I, I, I'm asked occasionally to be a part of committees that really have nothing directly to do with my particular program. They're things that benefit the Milligan community as a whole. And um, not I'm not asked to lead them, but to be a member of them. Uh, and so, again, the spotlight's not on me in that situation. And I think those opportunities are really important for me uh, because I get to contribute to the good of this team. I get to contribute to the good of the, the, the campus community. I get to contribute to the, the good of the whole. And it's not done so with the spotlight focused on me. So I, I think that is is huge for me to lean into that as much as I can. Uh, and the other thing I think is just a reminder that my work here is about the students and helping them flourish and thrive. And when I can remind myself that they are the focus, it's just an ongoing reminder that this is it's not about me. It is about something way bigger than me. And um, uh, the students, it's, it's about the, I call it the, the next phase of leaders for the church and the kingdom. And uh, to see that flourish, that to me helps me, again, lean into that six of doing something for the greater good and not just uh, scratching and clawing for the spotlight to be shining on me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Living for something bigger than yourself, for sure. Well, that's great. Well, I think that we've had a good time talking about a bunch of serious content, and I think <laughs> that we're due to act like morons for a few minutes. So... <laughs> Stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to be playing Are You Smarter Than a Robot? with Ron Castens. Stay with us. On today's episode of the Enneacast, we're exploring Type 3, the achiever at work. Threes love putting their best face forward. And in our social media culture, comparing and curating ourselves has become the norm. To hear stories of people who took radical steps to take their life back from their screens, check out our other podcast, the Love Thy Neighborhood podcast. And specifically, check out episode number 29, where the gospel meets social media. Technology has shifted from being a tool to more of an appendage. This could be a social media post, a meme, a text message, an email. Whatever beeps at me, it's worth responding to. I wish that I had confronted her about social media. I think what is at stake is a core facet of Christian theology. You can subscribe to the Love That Neighborhood podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, or by heading over to lovethatneighborhood.org slash podcast. That's lovethatneighborhood.org slash podcast.
Welcome back to the IndiaCast. I am Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. And now it's time for Are You Smarter Than a Robot? Okay, so our game today is called Are You Smarter Than a Robot? This is sort of like the classic game Password, except your partner is a smart speaker. Okay, so here's how it works. Lindsay is going to present us with a word. It could be ideogram-related, work-related, or just random. You and I, Ron, will then take turns asking a question to try to get the smart speaker to say that word somewhere in its answer. For example, if the word is french fries, you might ask something like, what is a common side dish with hamburgers? If the speaker says the words, then you get a point. If it doesn't, then the other person gets a chance to steal by asking a different question. If no one gets the word, we move on to the next round. We'll play five rounds. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, Ron, the first question is to you. The first word is to you. Your word is turtles. Hmm. Alexa, what animals have a shell? According to an Alexa Answers contributor, a shell is a hard, rigid outer layer, which has evolved in a very wide variety of different animals, including mollusks, sea urchins, crustaceans, turtles, and tortoises. Yeah! <laughs> you did it! This type of structure yeah. includes exoskeleton. Uh, Alexa, stop. I was sweating. That was awesome. I totally thought I had you for a second. I was like, oh, he went down some weird rabbit <laughs> black hole on the internet. Oh, boy. I thought I thought I was toast. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jesse, you're next. Your word is boss. Mm. Like a boss. Mm-hmm. Alexa, what recent movies has Alec Baldwin been in? This might answer your question. Alec Baldwin's most recent movie was Pixie. It was released on March 5th, 2021. No! Yeah. Come on. All right, Ron, you get a chance Ooh. to steal the word boss. Oh, Alexa, what is another name for supervisor? Synonyms for supervisor meaning person who manages people. Project include administrator, superintendent, or custodian. good you got robbed on that one (laughs) wow i I want to file an appeal (laughs) that's great all right ron your next word should be pretty easy it's three alexa what number comes after two two is followed by three yes (sighs) nothing but net yeah yeah swish all right jesse your word is mask alexa What precautions should I take to protect myself from COVID? It might not always feel like it, but there are people who can help. Please know that you can call the National Suicide Prevention. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. I don't know what you heard. (laughs) That was That's that's dark, man. (laughs) Okay, Jesse's out for mask. Ron? It's your chance to steal. Okay. Alexa, what does Batman wear on his face? Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> Alexa's out okay. for the day. Alexa is a uh, Marvel uh, MCU fan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm, I don't know that one. <laughs> we know. We know. Okay, so Ron has two. 
And Jesse has yeah, none. I got nothing. All right, Ron's turn. Your last word is Enneagram. Oh, boy. Alexa, what is a personality typology using nine numbers? Here's something I found on the web. According to bookboon.com, according to the Enneagram. Whoa! Yes. Ron, that was impressive. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Okay, that was, that was lucky. Ron three, Jesse zero. I, that robot destroyed me. <laughs> I guess maybe I need to get an Alexa for my home. Or 15 You need of to them. practice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Ron, congratulations. Uh, congratulations on being smarter than a robot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Lucky, lucky, lucky. All right. And now it's time for listener questions. Okay. So this question comes from Bethany Unraseto. How do I help my three husband understand that his work does not define his innate value? Hmm. It's a very good question. And uh, thank you for loving a three in spite of ourselves to ask such a question. I I would recommend uh, as you speak to him and share things, make sure you tell him on a regular basis things that you appreciate about him that have nothing to do with his work his accomplishments and his achievements. Look for things about his character, about growth that you see in his character, and make sure you're complimenting and encouraging those things are are extremely important. Those are things that you can do. And I, I would start there. Make sure you're encouraging and complimenting him on things that are a part of his character, who he is, and not what he does. That's a good word. Our next question is from E Ranger 4 how should I confront my three boss when they are moving too fast and I can't keep up? There are so many qualifying questions I would, I would love to ask. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, one would be how self-aware is your boss? Um, and if your boss is not very self-aware, it's going to be a tough road. I would just encourage a frank conversation, again, not to make it sound accusatory, you know, you're going too fast, you're doing this, you're doing that. But but again, begin with I feel statements. I feel that we don't have enough time to get the work done that you're asking, or I feel that we are having trouble keeping up with the vision you put in front of us. And I feel we need more support to et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and not make it sound like you're attacking. But those are a few thoughts off the top of my head is, is to have, have a frank conversation, I think threes appreciate that. Uh, we don't want you to beat around the bush. But again, I would have the conversation in private if possible so your your boss doesn't feel put on the spot or in front of the team and that sort of thing. And try to make the statements that you share come from you and not be pointing the finger at, at your boss. Okay, this question comes from Nick Griffith. I've worked with threes who think I'm wrong for prioritizing anything above a project that we're working on. How can I help the threes I work with understand that it's okay for me to have other goals besides achieving, such as goals for my relationships, goals for rest, goals for service? It seems like they have a more holistic set of goals in a sense than what the three is that, um, and, and again, I, I asked the question, 
how self-aware is the three, right? For for a three that's not healthy and not very self-aware, it's all about the work, right? And every other goal is secondary. So if they don't see that and recognize that, again, that, that that's a hard conversation. I would want to know too, is the three expecting his or her staff to, to be working, you know, 70, 80 hours a week where those personal goals are thrown out the window and overstepping boundaries. You know, what are the expectations there? A conversation needs to be had, obviously, and uh, it probably needs to happen in private and worded very carefully. A three who's not very healthy and not very self-aware, it's really tough to get their attention because probably on the surface, it's working for them. You know, why should they approach it any differently with their staff if what they've been doing is working? And uh, oftentimes a three has to hit, you know, hit a wall of failure to realize, oh, something's amiss here. And my methods of prioritizing that are work only, they don't work. They're not sustainable. Yeah, that's really good. I agree with what you said about threes often having to hit some sort of wall or a a big failure before they kind of realize this isn't going to work for me. Would you agree that... Sometimes the best thing for other numbers to do is just to hold their own boundaries with a three or any other aggressive number that you have to hold your relational goals and your ideals for rest and service, et cetera. You have to be strong in holding your boundaries with those things. And a three will often respect the strength of the boundary. Yes. I think boundaries for all of us are very good to identify. And of course, they're easier for some uh, folks to uh, to identify mm-hmm. and to set and stand by than others. But yeah, boundaries are extremely important. And I think, yeah, I think a three will generally, if the boundary is set and, and held firmly, I think threes will respect that. There may be some other types that would try to run over that boundary. But I think you, know, you can't hold the boundary loosely. But if you stick to it, I think a three will learn that and, and respect it. So our next question is from Bob Ross, Boss Rob. How do I help keep my type three employees from feeling used only for their efficiency? Mm, good question. I think it's really important to try to get to know your three employees beyond just their their role in, in the organization. I think you mentioned earlier in the the teaching segment how important it is for uh, you know threes to get to know their coworkers, and I think that's really true. And I think for a supervisor of threes or a leader of threes, I think it's important for you to get to know those threes. And it's a little tricky because you can't come to them on work time and say, hey, let's take 20 minutes and you know share our life story or whatever. But if those conversations, little by little, as the three will slow down long enough to have them you know, over lunch, maybe an, an evening dinner or something social, I think if you can help come to appreciate who the three is beyond just what they do, then you'll be able to speak into and encourage and appreciate those things that have nothing to do with necessarily their efficiency and effectiveness in the task that they're doing on the job. You need to help them become for you as the leader, a human being and not just a human doing. Yeah, I don't remember when it was. Several years ago, my wife and I were talking and we were we had the observation that it seems like a lot of really good counselors, like their primary thing they do is literally give permission to people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like I give you permission to do this thing that for whatever reason you have a personal belief that you're not allowed to do that. And I feel like a good boss when they're working with somebody who is high efficiency, they don't need to really encourage them to get more done. That's built in. That's baked in. 
a good boss is actually the one that's like, hey, come be unproductive with me for a few minutes. Let's go take a walk. Or mm -hmm. why don't you go home early? Or, hey, I want to give you an extra vacation day just because I just want you to know that I appreciate you. Like a good boss can look at their high efficiency employees and go, I don't want to actually ask more of them. What I want to do is actually look for opportunities to give them unstructured time and time to rest or time to get away or time to you know leave early. Give the three permission to chill out. Give the three yeah. permission to just, you know, put the agenda to the side for a minute. And I would even add to that, the boss who has real high efficiency, high effectiveness workers that either does just keep giving them more and more to do because they're knocking it out of the park or the boss who can manipulate that high efficiency and effectiveness to get even more for his organization or her organization. I think that's malpractice on the part of the, the boss. Mm -hmm. And I think those of us who find ourselves in supervisory positions need to re be respectful for how the people they lead are wired and lead them in such a way that it's going to promote their personal growth and health and not ways that's going to feed their false self and harm them in the long run. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ron, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed being a part of it and, uh, and happy to help. It's, it's a journey and uh, we're all on it. And if I can be of help to someone else, I'm happy to do that. Special thanks to our guest today, Ron Castens. If you're interested in church ministry or you know someone who is, check out the ministry leadership program at Milligan. You'll get academic and theological training combined with a personal mentor and real world experience. Learn more at milligan.edu slash ministry leadership. Also, if you're looking for team development coaching, you can head over to Ron's website at roncastens.com where you can set up an appointment uh, where he'll do coaching with you. So again, head to roncastens.com. Teaching content for this episode comes from Crosspoint Ministry, Beatrice Chestnut and Kim Eddy. This show is brought to you by Love Thy Neighborhood. Love Thy Neighborhood provides social action internships supported by Christian community for young adults ages 18 to 30. Serve for a summer or a year. Grow in your faith and life skills. Learn more at lovethyneighborhood.org. This episode was edited by Rachel Zabo, Lindsay Lewis, and myself. Rachel is also our media director and producer. Anna Tran is our audio engineer. Music for today's episode comes from Murphy DX. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community. Community.